We are going to do endocrine in general now, which for the most part, the major endocrine thing that we're going to talk about is thyroid. We'll talk a little bit about adrenal gland issues, but mostly thyroid. All right, now, the definition of endocrine is a substance that's secreted into the blood in order to affect cells that are distant. The word exocrine is secreted into epithelial surfaces. So tear ducts are exocrine. They secrete onto the surface of your cornea. Your, most of your pancreas is exocrine because it secretes amylase and lipase into the, well, not the stomach, the intestine, the GI tract. So those are exocrine glands. They secrete something onto an epithelial surface. And a hormone is a product secreted by the endocrine gland. Now, there's a couple different classifications of hormone. If the, if the cell that secretes it into the blood is the cell that's going to be affected, we call that autocrine. If it's nearby, we call it paracrine. If it's at a distant site, then we call it endocrine. I just, my finger wasn't long enough to reach the endo. All right, these are the major endocrine organs, the hypothalamus, pituitary, the pineal gland, the thyroid, the parathyroid, the thymus gland, the adrenal gland, the pancreatic isles, the ovaries, the testes, and then other. The other do other things primarily, but they also secrete hormones. I need to put intestines here too, right? Because you guys learned a hormone that it secretes. What's that hormone? We, we, we treat... We, we can give amylin. Yeah. Good job. All right. So hypothalamus. What does the hypothalamus do? Where is it? What is it? It's part of your brain, and it's underneath the thalamus, and it's pretty close to your pituitary gland. So it's in charge of regulating a whole bunch of stuff. The pituitary gland, we already talked about the hormones it produces. The pineal gland, what does it produce? Melatonin. Melatonin. How many of you have ever seen the Seinfeld episode where one of their friends owns an Easy Bake Oven and they want to play with the Easy Bake Oven? So they feed the woman turkey so she'll take a nap and then they can play with her oven while she's sleeping. Have you ever seen that episode? Now... Have you ever heard that, you know, turkey makes you drowsy? Why, why, what's the theory there? Tryptophan. What is tryptophan? It's an amino acid. And it's an amino acid that's used to produce melatonin. Now let me ask you this question. Does melatonin make you sleep? No. How many of you have ever been kind of tired around 11 o'clock? You're like, you know, I really need to go to bed, but... I'm having fun on Facebook here. And the next thing you know, it's 1.30 in the morning, and you're like, I'm not tired at all. Okay. Well, what made you feel tired, I need to go to bed, I should go to bed, that was the melatonin. It provides what we call a sleep cue. I feel tired. It, you push past it, and it'll go away. So that's what melatonin does. It does not make you sleep, but it makes you feel like, I should sleep. So it is produced after meals. So some of you are experiencing that right now. But trust me, it's wrong. You should not go to sleep right now. 
All right, the thyroid gland. What does the thyroid gland produce? T4 and T3, generally known as thyroxin. Parathyroid gland, where is that? There's actually four of them, and they're on the backside of your thyroid gland, and they produce parathyroid hormone. Gosh, that's a tough one. Sometimes it's abbreviated parathormone or parathormone. I don't know how you pronounce that. What does it do? Regulates calcium. By the way, the thyroid gland produces another, another hormone. What's that other hormone? Calcitonin. And it also regulates calcium. One makes calcium levels go down. The other one makes calcium levels go up. We'll talk about those next week when we do osteoporosis. The thymus gland um, is associated with the immune system. I can't tell you any hormones that it produces. The major claim to fame of the thymus gland is where what grow up? T cells. And in fact, they take their name, T cells, from the thymus. Adrenal gland. What are the hormones it produces? Epi, norepi, aldosterone, cortisol, androgens. Now, pancreatic isles. What do they produce? Well, those are the cells. What do they produce? Insulin, glucagon, and there's another one. Starts with an A. Amylin. You guys are getting good. Ovaries, what do they produce? Estrogen and progesterone, or progestin. Testes, what do they produce? Testosterone. And then other. The heart produces a couple that we'll talk about when we get into... Um, the renal system next week. All right, um, blah, blah, blah. Okay, rhythm of release. What is a diurnal cycle? No, you're thinking of circadian rhythm. But diurnal just means it happens on a daily basis. Now, in terms of cortisol, cortisol is released every morning, so it's a diurnal cycle. Pulsatile cyclical is when you have something that happens on a regular schedule, and this is going to be the major example is the menstrual cycle. Then most of them in our bodies are what we call substrate level. So an example would be calcium. Calcium is controlled by two hormones. When calcium levels are low, parathyroid hormone gets released, brings it back up. When it's too high, calcitonin gets released and pushes it back down. So that would be a substrate level uh, rhythm of release. Feedback systems. Most of the feedback systems in your body, are they positive or negative? Most of them are negative. So, for example, if your body needs more thyroid hormone, it's going to release. If it needs more thyroxine, it's going to release TSH. The TSH level is going to raise the T4, and then that higher T4 level tells the TSH to stop being released. So that's what's called a negative feedback. Positive feedback is when the feedback mechanism says, 
don't shut up, do it some more. There's only a couple uh, positive feedback systems that are not destructive. The major one, anyone know what it is? Say it again. Contractions in, in labor. So the contractions in labor are caused by oxytocin, and which in turn, the contraction causes your body to produce more oxytocin. So that's a positive feedback loop. So the more you have contractions, the more it causes the hormone that causes the contraction. But it's very rare in your body. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Oh, by the way, I want to say this right now. I think I've said it before in Pathopharm 1. For all of the complexity in your brain, your brain only does two things. What are those two things? It makes muscles contract, and it makes glands secrete. That's it. That's all your brain does. The trick is knowing when to secrete and when to contract. All right. Um, you guys learned about this, didn't you? Water-soluble hormones. How do water-soluble hormones work? Okay, that's not exactly what I'm looking for. All right. What is this right here? It's a cell with a nucleus. All right, now, we talked about this just, in fact, with insulin, because we described it. You've got a receptor that penetrates through the membrane that's coupled to a G protein, which, in turn, is coupled to something else. So our receptor is activated by a hormone, changes G protein to release cyclic AMP. Cyclic AMP in turn changes this other, this other protein. So water-soluble hormones activate existing proteins. Sometimes they cause it to become activated. Sometimes they cause a pore to either open or close or contraction of a muscle, but they cause changes in existing proteins. Now, fat-soluble. Can fat-soluble just penetrate this membrane? Because what's the membrane made up of? A lipid bilayer. So it can go right through here and penetrate directly into the nucleus, where it tells DNA to transcribe and translate and produce a new protein. So, water-soluble cause changes in existing proteins and molecules. Fat-soluble cause production of new proteins. So, which works faster? Lipid-soluble do not work faster because they have to make a new protein. Water-soluble work faster. Okay, we talked about that. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, thyroid. Now, your body mostly makes thyroid. You have two hormones produced. What are the two hormones? T4 and T3. What does the three and the four mean? T4 
What does the four and what does the three mean? I'll give you a hint. Your thyroid is the only organ in your body that uses this substance. Iodine. So, it's the number of iodine atoms on the molecule. Now, which one is mostly produced? T4. T4 is about 99.9% of the thyroid hormone produced by your thyroid gland. Is it active form? No, it's not the active form. It is the inactive form. It's, it's the car form of the Autobot. Transformers. Some of, some of you got it. It's going to travel around in the blood in the car form, and then when it wants to activate, then it'll turn into the robot form, which is T3. Oh, yeah. Okay. What it's going to do in our body is going to stimulate energy use, which is sodium potassium pump. By the way, how does your what what part of the cell is in charge of making new ATP? Not the ribosome. It starts with an M. Mitochondria. And if you remember way back, in order for it to make its ATP, it has to pump sodium and potassium. The faster those sodium potassium pumps go, the more ATP you can produce. So it's going to stimulate energy use by telling those mitochondria to work faster by stimulating the sodium potassium pump. So that's going to cause more oxygen to go into the, into the body, which is going to give us higher temperatures. So, a person under the influences of thyroxine, you produce more energy, you burn more energy, which means you need more oxygen. And the byproduct of producing all that energy is heat, baby, hot, baby, hot. It's also going to stimulate your heart. Heart rate is going to go up and increase in contractions. It's also going to promote growth and development. It's going to cause maturation of nervous tissue and muscle tissue. Let's talk about hypothyroidism in children for just a moment. Because it causes maturation of nervous tissue, if you don't have it when you're a kid, you become mentally retarded. Also, what will happen is you'll never grow. You will be a short, rotund baby with the tongue that is too big for your mouth for the rest of your life. Um, you'll also have weak muscles, weak bones, weak teeth. If you can get diagnosed and treated Within the first couple days, you can utterly prevent that. Now, this, this condition is called cretinism, um, after the French word chrétien, which means Christ-like, because these guys are so innocent that they thought in the Middle Ages there was no way that they could ever commit a sin. They went directly to heaven. So, um, by the way, all four of these people are the same age, 15. So, and in this picture, you can see how the, the tongue is too big for the mouth. What's this condition called? Cretinism. It is completely preventable by administering artificial thyroid hormone within the first couple days of life in a, pa in a baby who doesn't produce their own or enough of their own.
Yes. Yeah. All right. Now, thyroid hormone. Um, again, 99.5% of what's produced is, or 99% of what's produced is T4. And T4 is then converted to T3 in your tissues. It lasts about seven days in the body, which means that when we give it in pill form, you don't have to give it more than once a day. You already showed me this on your quiz. So I'll trust that you did it well. Influence of iodine. If there's not enough iodine in your body, your thyroid gland will do something to compensate. What is that something? It will get bigger, and we call that a goiter. So what it's doing is it's trying to increase the power. And so it's trying to suck more iodine out of the blood. And the way it does that is by becoming bigger. You can actually decrease thyroid activity by giving an overdose of iodine. So then your, your thyroid gland goes, whoa, too much iodine around here. We don't need that much. So it doesn't produce as much. It's kind of uh, interesting. Now, hypothyroidism. In adults, we call it hypothyroidism. If it's severe, we call it myxedema. And in children, we call it cretinism. Yes, ma'am. There's probably some genetics involved, but I don't know all of the, all of the, um, I don't know. I don't know. Again, I'm not a PD person. Okay. Let's talk about adult hypothyroidism. Thyroid malfunction, the most common cause is chronic autoimmune thyroiditis. It's called, well, in the United States, it's the most common. It's also called Hashimoto's disease, after Dr. Hashimoto, who described it. Now, what's the number one cause worldwide of hypothyroidism? Lack of iodine in the diet. But in a developed country that laces their salt with iodine, the most common one is chronic autoimmune thyroiditis. You... If a patient has a thyroid cancer or is hyperthyroid and we remove some of it surgically or kill it with radioactivity, sometimes we kill too much. And then the patient can become hypothyroid. And if a person has insufficient TSH or TRH, TSH produced by the pituitary and TRH from the hypothalamus. Clinical manifestations. Patients will typically be pale have puffy skin, and expressionless features. Their skin will be cold and dry. Hair will be typically be brittle. And sometimes they'll have alopecia, because it'll just come out. So like, like their hair is like really like kind of straw brittle-like. And they have low heart rates, and they typically have low body temperatures. And they just feel tired all the time. And, you know, they're fatigued all the time and they typically gain weight. <laughs> you guys didn't notice that growing, did you? So, also cold intolerant. They feel cold all the time. And tend to be depressed. So anytime a woman is depressed, you shouldn't just oh, you need to be on antidepressants, we should screen you first for hypothyroid. 
All right, Labor laboratory monitoring. The three, the three things that we can, that we can uh, monitor, TSH, T4, and T3. Now, most, what's the most common cause? Iodine, not in, in the United States. Hashimoto's disease. In Hashimoto's disease, it's the thyroid itself that fails. So what do you think you're going to see in terms of lab values? Low T3 and T4 and high TSH. So the most common thing you're going to see is you're going to see the thyroid not doing its job and you're going to see the pituitary yelling at it by producing excess TSH. Now, I've got to tell you this because because you're going to hear about this in psych. Lithium can destroy the body's ability to produce TSH in enough quantities, and that can suppress the thyroid. So in lithium, you're going to see low TSH and low T4. So that's a difference than what you would normally expect. What's the most common? High TSH, low T4. And in fact, once, once we've diagnosed the patient with Hashimoto's, we pretty much only look at TSH from there on out. So when the TSH is in normal levels, that means we know we've treated it adequately. Yes, ma'am. No, it's not TSH, it's T4. Right. It's the low T4 that causes the depression. Remember, TSH is just a messenger to produce T4. Okay. As far as treating low, low thyroid, the most common thing we're going to do is we're going to replace T4, which is going to be called levothyroxine. Now, what does levo mean? It means to the left. So, hold up your hands. Many drugs are a combination of left and right hand. Now, have I had you guys do the turkey yet? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, so you, you put your hand down, you draw your hand, then you put your other hand in it, it doesn't fit. Well, in the case of thyroxine, only the left hand actually does anything. So levothyroxine. Some patients don't completely get better on just thyroxine. So for that, we will give them levothyroxine plus T3. But this is a more dangerous protocol, and a lot of physicians don't like to do it. So the most common by far treatment is to give just levothyroxine. The left and the right hand, they're called stereoisomers. Okay, um, now let's talk about in, in pregnancy. Um, in pregnancy, if the mother is hypothyroid, it can cause the child to have decreased IQ and other neurological problems. Um, until the patient has their own thyroid gland, you have to supplement it. Um, so, the key is, when do most people find out they're pregnant? Yeah. 
usually it's a month and a half in, a month to a month and a half in. And if they're not paying attention, sometimes they don't even know until they're three or four months pregnant. It's like, oh, I was happy I missed my period. I, did, I just thought I was under stress. And that's why I've been feeling a little nauseated. I've, been, I've had a lot of stress lately. Oh, no, you're pregnant. And by the way, you're hypothyroid too, and now it's too late to go back and give your child thyroid hormones, so they might be retarded now. So, all, all pregnant women and women who are thinking about becoming pregnant need to be screened for hypothyroidism. All right, hyperthyroidism. Hyperthyroidism, there's two forms. One is called Graves' disease and the other is called Plummer's. Now, Graves' disease is an autoimmune disease. And in that autoimmune disease, you get a buildup of antibodies and they build up behind your eyeballs and push them forward until a person gets bug-eyed. What's that called? Exophthalmus. If you ever see someone, a lot of times they'll have a little bit large neck right here. Their neck will be a little bulging and their eyes will be like bug eye. That's called, well, the eyes are called exophthalmus, but that's signs of Graves' disease. So both of these problems lead to something called thyrotoxicosis, which means toxic levels of thyroid hormone. So heart, tachycardia dysrhythmia, oh, it hurts, ah, chest pain, angina. Some of you may have this disease. <laughs> rapid thought and rapid speech. Sometimes it'll be pressured, which means like, you know, sometimes you, get, you don't want to talk, you just, there's so much to say, you just can't get the words out. That's called pressured speech. Yeah. Nervousness, insomnia. Muscle weakness and or atrophy, increased appetite because you're burning all through all tons of energy and will typically have weight loss. Now, this is not a weight loss program. <laughs> it is not a good way to lose weight, just so you know. Now, Graves' disease is six times more likely in women than men. All autoimmune diseases are more common in women than men because women have better immune systems. So they're more likely to go overboard and work too much. Most common between the ages of 20 and 40. And what happens is you get thyroid stimulating immunoglobulins. So you get antibodies that actually stimulate the hormone to be released. So they act like, like artificial TSH. So the treatment either cut it out or kill it with radioactivity. You can also suppress thyroid synthesis by giving excess iodine. And by giving propanolol, we can actually treat the heart problems. So what is propanolol? It's a beta blocker. And how do beta blockers work? Well, they block beta receptors. Okay. But what do they do? Slow down the heart. Slow down contractility and slow down conductance. Um, there's all, basically, any time a patient has 
hyperthyroid. The two treatments are cut it out or kill it with radioactive iodine. Now, there's something called thyrotoxic crisis. This is when a person gets so much thyroid in their system that they could possibly die. It's also called thyroid storm. It's kind of like a transformer name, if you ask me. So the manifestations, hyperthermia, severe tachycardia, profound weakness, unconsciousness, coma, heart failure. And the most common reason for this, overdose on levothyroxine. Question there, Kelly? Um, if you were to remove their thyroid hormone, wouldn't you have to give them injections of hormone? Or Not injections. Yes. So you don't take it all out. You just take some of it out. So, hang on, I'll get there. 